0: On today's show, how not to lose money when touring or playing live shows.
1: Let's go see what this is about. This is 30 Minute Music Marketing.
0: 30 Minute Music Marketing. For musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Hi,
1: I'm Greg.
0: Hello, I'm Sheldon, and this is 30 Minute Music Marketing, the show for independent artists and DIY musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. We're back with another episode. We're doing these really quickly now, aren't
1: we? Yeah, getting there. I think actually it's kind of funny with the pandemic and obviously with the introduction of Zoom. In some respects, doing stuff like this actually has become considerably easier, even though the frequency has become a little bit less. But it's starting to pick back up again, because the sun is
0: out. The, the, the sun is out. Everything seems much better when the, the, the sun is out. Uh, mm-hmm. Today's episode, Greg, is inspired by a tweet I saw a couple of weeks back from uh, an artist. The artist is called the Anchoress. Um, in terms of the background on this particular artist, um, she's got 14,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. You know, that that's not bad. It's more, yeah. you know, it's more than my band has. Great press coverage. Just released an album a couple of months back. Fantastic reviews across the board. She's got a great sort of uh, PR slash press person. Five stars in the enemy. Five stars in the Times. Five stars in the Sun. So, you know, in terms of a media profile, you know, pretty darn good. I think around about ten thousand. What, f- well,
1: what style of music?
0: Um, I I, th- I think it's that sort of. You know, eighties inflected, eighties um, pop. Sort Have of you thing.
1: listened to any of them? Yeah,
0: not, no. not really. Not pay, you know. I'm a busy man, Greg. Yes, I'm a busy know. man. So, so about ten thousand followers on Twitter. So Greg? again, not in, not insignificant. No? This was a tweet. Um, she said, whilst everyone was watching the Brits, I was having one long panic attack about how much money I'm going to lose on playing shows now that live music is back. No one has fixed that problem over the last year. And she's referring there to the Broken Record campaign and trying to increase money from, from bought artists from streaming.
1: What's the, and, sorry, Broken Record campaign?
0: Where have you been, Greg? Um, the, you know, certain elements of the music industry, the Musicians' Union, um, have approached um, the DCMS um, committee government committee just to basically get the government to look at whether streaming is paying artists fairly and there could mm-hmm. be government intervention shortly and certainly in the UK at least which will force um streaming services and maybe yeah just to alter how um but
1: musicians and artists doesn't are paid. This undermine the free market
0: look this That's for a different podcast, Greg. Okay, that's for a different podcast. Off. Let's stick Let's stick to this. So um, another artist replied to that tweet uh, saying, don't get me wrong, I can't wait to, to play again, but it doesn't add up. Very simply, as a solo artist, this person writes, that sounds like a band, the cost of hiring session musicians just outweighs the income. That's before somebody needs to drive or tech plus the accommodation. Merch profit is a myth slash highly risky. Tour support from major labels used to cover the loss and another another artist replied um, it, uh, I was interested to calculate that an, uh, and an old tour I did in 2003 with label support, three band members, no session players, four crew we'll come, come to that shortly reasonable fee money, great merch sales and cheap hotels, ticket sales of between 150 and 700 per show which is round about what my band gets mm. but again we'll come to that later and that particular person calculated that they need something along the lines of to charge 181 pounds a ticket
1: what is that in to, 2003 money
0: to break yeah to, to break even and you know in terms of the, the, the amount of tickets they sold. A ticket
1: now what are they sting
0: that, well yeah exactly so the thing to notice here i think that is if, if if you're selling that many tickets as an artist and not making any money it's not that particularly the system That's broken, but it's the fact that you're working in a system where pretty much everyone else is getting paid for these shows, Mm -hmm. rather than yourself. Well, if
1: if everyone else can't be working to that, to those figures, because the whole thing would collapse.
0: Well, I think, um, I think once you maybe if you look at this about about uh, as sort of three tiers. So there's maybe the bottom rung of the ladder, which I would class myself uh, as being on in terms of a small independent artists working with smaller promoters in you know modest size sort of venues but we've got sort of maybe full control over what mm. we do maybe the next tier up and th- this is one of the things that i'm keen to stress in this particular podcast because everyone says oh you know and you get all these podcasts saying oh we'll take listen to this podcast will take your career to the next level the next level up isn't necessarily the best simply because there's more people perhaps Involved in your your music career, and you potentially have less control. And maybe the next tier up, let's let's consider that the god tier, as you sometimes see on memes. You know, your, your arena sized bands, your, your theatres with um, uh, uh, venues with you know, two and a half, four four thousand plus capacities so what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to in the first half of this podcast is explain why artists such as these people have been expressing their difficulties in terms of not making any money from touring because you know i know from a personal fact that I make quite a lot, a lot of money from touring. Certainly used to do before COVID. New tour on mm. sale now. Sales are going well. Oh, More good. of that sort of uh, later. So I'm going to run through the reasons why um, those sort of three particular artists might not be making any money from touring, and maybe at the second half of it, we'll we'll discuss some of the methods that I use as a nationally. Uh, UK touring musician who actually makes a, a quite a significant amount of money on each and every show. I've never lost money on a show ever. So in other words, I'm you'd,
1: doing... you'd be really, really annoyed if you have.
0: I, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't get out of bed of a morning if I, if I was doing that. One thing I will say is that obviously I'm a, a UK based artist and I appreciate those differences in terms of touring the UK, maybe touring somewhere like um, the States, the, the, the state simply because they, they increase the increased distance yeah. and, and the costs. But so here's here's some of the factors that, that i was thinking as to um as to why certain artists might be losing certain money so again an artist like the, the Anchoress with a fourteen thousand monthly listeners as we always say that just because somebody's streaming your music that doesn't necessarily mean to say that they're you know that they're going to be a fan that nips out and gets themselves a ticket when you happen to be on tour in in that particular area, you know, you could be just a song on a playlist and that particular listening could be very sort of passive. There could be very little in the way of um, fan and artist interaction so just because you get in maybe the view counts on youtube or the listener counts on spotify it doesn't mean that that particular person at the other end is engaged enough to when you play near them that they're going to spend not just necessarily 17 pounds 50 plus booking fee on a ticket the fact that they might have to get a babysitter they're going to need transports to their nearest town or city and they might you know there's loads of money to spend on drink so you know again it it is a significant investment and just because you might have the metrics in some areas to say that you're particularly popular doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get what we refer to in the trade as bums on seats. Yeah. Um, I would also say that bigger artists, again, those artists who are on the, the next level, uh, might have more people to pay at the back End. So start off, you know, you might, those particular artists might have a manager. So that's 15 to 20% gone straight out out the window. window. Uh, Might have a booking agent. Maybe there's another 10%. Um, They might be on, if they're signed to a label, they might be on some sort of 360 deal. I don't think they were as popular uh, they don't think they're as popular now as maybe they were sort of 15 years ago. But you might still be tied to some sort of contract where your label will take a certain percentage of all your income. So that could be your publishing, that could be your touring, that could be your merch. So in terms of the what they refer to as the slicing of the pie, there yep. could be more people who are, who are that taking the
1: Pie that is getting smaller, isn't
0: it? It's smaller and smaller all the time. I mean, I don't have. Uh, management in any way shape or form and ergo uh, all the money that we make goes directly to the uh, to the band members and of course and the the vatman and the hmrc but let's let's not talk about those at this moment in time um you could uh, as an artist be put in the wrong sort of venue what you generally tend to find is that certain venues have certain amount of kudos shall we say, and it may well be that whoever's programming uh, a particular tour might want to put a particular artist in a particular venue, because at a a certain capacity, maybe, that that artist will be seen to have all made it to a certain level. So, you know, you might be put in a 600-capacity Room rather than maybe a 250 capacity room, which is maybe more your natural level, because yeah. some somebody wants to give the illusion and the impression that oh, if if, if they're playing 600 capacity venues, their their career must have reached a certain level. So you know, so I I know that that artists are put into you know particular rooms in order to uh, maybe impress other people within the business, and you know. It, it, to, to to make them seem bigger than they actually are. Here's the biggest one, Greg. On oh. unscrupulous promoters. There I've are never man- heard of them. No, no, no. Um, there are many promoters out there, and I know this because I I work for a a gig promoter. There are many unscrupulous promoters out there who will load their settlements, and a settlement is just basically almost like an invoice. It's a profit and loss. Of the show costs and the show income, and what they will do is they will load those settlements with with vague deductions and maybe overinflated deductions. Right, here's one example: did a gig a couple of years back with a new promoter, and um, they offered us a, a minimum guarantee. And so it's like, okay, right, well, you know, I know at least if, if something dodgy does go on, at least we will get a, a guaranteed amount of money. And uh, this particular promoter, when they sent their settlement through, there was all these deductions, which we went, hang on a minute. For a start, right, they deducted us, I think it was, I can't remember if it was £50 or £100 as the support fee to pay the Support Act. We were the Support Act. <laughs> they just loaded it <laughs> on. They charged us for a rider. We brought our own rider. They charged us for towels, which the, the Towels in the dressing room. So what you will find with, with all these promoters, they add on all these, these extra costs.
1: Did you which, get that back? Um, I,
0: th- I think we queried that. But but what happens is that, that these promoters will load all these costs, costs that they say they incurred hmm. when necessary. They'll, they'll do things like they'll 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 say 100 pounds local promo. And you know, if you if you press them, say, oh, we put a, you know, we put some posters out, and we ended, we paid someone to hand flyers out, and there was an advert in the local paper, and basically none of these things can actually be proved. And really, all they've done is they've just whipped off a uh, hundred pounds mm. to pay themselves. So, so that's that's technically what will what will happen is they will load all these costs that that they absorb, and they will cream a small amount of money from. And I think that's what happens. In a lot of cases such such as this, the promoters will take that much money from themselves this particular promoter got in contact with us after we played uh, radio two a national uh, radio station in the uk around about 18 months or so ago and they said we can take you to the next level so we were doing a gig in um nottingham at a 450 capacity room sold that out and they said well we'll, we'll take you to the, the next one up and you know we'll we'll sell like two thousand tickets and i and i know for a fact that what would happen is they'd spend that much money on promotion probably you know legitimately to a certain degree the the costs would be so inflated that we'd still walk away with exactly the same amount of yeah. money playing to you know at what would be maybe even a, you know a third or a half of the audience so 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 unscrupulous promoters in one respect could you know, add on all these extra costs, which mean at the end of the day, they will make money, but you necessarily won't. There's also other um, unscrupulous promoters who were, and, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to uh, one particular entertainer who would um, their promoter or its management had booked uh, a load of venues on a particular tour. And in terms of the level of marketing and promotion, that's it. They booked it. They more or less sort of said, like, oh, What more do you want? I'm actually I'm paying to, to market these shows. The, the venues will market the shows and you will market the shows. And if you want to do any additional promotion, you'll have to do that for yourselves. So there's a lot of promoters out there who don't actually do much, or if anything, in the way of promotion.
1: Shouldn't they really be calling themselves something different, like just a venue booker?
0: Yeah, I, I, I use the term gig facilitator. I think that, that sort of sums up their. Particular activities. Mm. And, you know, so, you know, so finding a good promoter to work with who you can trust and, um, you know, we'll we'll come, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, how you as an artist can interact with a, a promoter. Yeah. Very shortly, but yeah, I think a lot of it is down to the fact that that a lot of promoters, even though they say, "Oh no, I'm very sorry," at the end of the day, we didn't make any money off this show. What that means is you haven't made any money off this show. But it looks, it looks as though, yeah, we didn't, but guess what? We did. Uh, Bions, Um, you could be as an artist, you could be a support act on a tour for for a much larger act, and what will normally happen is you. Either the, the record label or maybe your management company or someone else will actually pay for that particular privilege. Um, I notice as well that the Anchoress is um, a support act for the manic street preachers, so it may well be you know, and it's a common industry practice. It's it, it's not a secret that mm. that money might have changed hands yeah. in order for that to happen. So it may it may well be that any subsequent fee that she receives you know, for so actually supporting that particular band, a large portion of that has already been paid out in order to secure that particular slot in question. And lastly, uh, I think um, maybe you might not necessarily have an audience in that location. There are some um, towns and cities that are just deemed to be on the circuit. And it may well be that if someone's programming or planning a tour, they will just literally, st- well, they'll just go Manchester, Leeds, Liverpool, Sheffield, and nobody perhaps has maybe drilled down into the data to see whether you know, a particular artist has, has actually has a, a fan base mm. in that location. That's, that's possible. Oh, oh actually, the, the, there is another one. Um, large crews cost money. I mean, there was one particular artist there saying that they had four crew. What are these four people doing, Greg? I mean, you know, we play, we play lots of out-of-town shows. Mm-hmm. The level of our crew is a big, fat zero. And whilst that means, yes, you know, actually, you know, we do all the driving, we do all the humping, we sell all the merch. It's, it's a long, hard day, but it's very rewarding. And yeah. guess what? We make much more money. At the end of it, there's no point sitting in your dressing room with your feet up, you know, having a having a wonderful bourgeois time of it all. If at the end of the day, you you know, you're not going to see any money because you're
1: paying you're, everyone else to have yeah. you put your feet up. Yeah,
0: exactly. So 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 so, what do you actually want? I mean, we'd all like to put our feet up and earn money at the end of the day. But if it's one or the other, you're yeah. going to have to do a, you know a bit of extra grafting. Um, there was one particular time at a festival where I saw uh, an, an act, I, you know, a top 10 um, uh, chart act in the UK. And I counted the amount of crew that they had because they must be doing, they're were, they were doing the festival circuit. And I counted 12 crew members. Twelve. Yeah. And they, their, their fee for that festival was probably, signif- must have been significantly larger than ours simply because, you know, they were, they were a chart act and in terms of their uh, their value to the festival, in terms of making people buy tickets, was much more than ourselves. But if you're paying for for 12 crew, you're probably walking away with the same amount of money that we did. Mm -hmm. So that's myself trying to contextualise where all these extra expenses come from and why, as a medium-sized artist, you might not necessarily be walking away with Wadge of cash so so from my own personal experience as as a smaller diy independent artist how can you actually make money from touring well if you're working with a promoter ask to see cost projections for a show so if if a, a promoter approaches you to say oh right um i can put you in this particular venue in this particular town on this particular date, you know, do you fancy it? You can say, "Oh yeah, I'd be interested in that." Can you send me a uh, you know a projected um, settlement that, that shows sort of your costs, maybe based on uh, you know a couple of different projections? So, in other words, if we get fifty people in and it's seven fifty a ticket, or if we get hundred people in at seven fifty a ticket. Now, a genuine promoter should have no problems with that (laughs) whatsoever so but the thing about that is you'll be able to say and you know it might not necessarily be a hundred percent the same but you've got an idea of how much it's going to cost in terms of venue hire what the particular expenses that you will be charged for and it may well be that you know you can you can have a look at that and go right well in you know in terms of those cost projections maybe you can do a bit of bartering and say well you know we're we're particularly well known in that particular area so I don't think you'll necessarily need to do that much advertising and promotion so maybe we can yeah. take the costs off that or you or you might even be able to say well you know I'll I know a lot about Facebook ads so I'll run a, a lot of the the promotion sort of my end and we can you know we can you can add that to, to our sort of settlement so so again that you know there, there is actually a little bit of leeway so to so try and find and try and work with a promoter that's particularly upfront but yeah very much, very much so, and the the thing is,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and sometimes you can only gain this through experience. That if you know if you work with a promoter and they send you their settlement, and again, it should be transparent in terms of all you know all levels of income, all items of expenditure. If you don't like it, just like don't work with them again. That you know that's something that I've done over a uh, you know over a period of time. It's just like no, nah, I did. Yeah. I'm. I'm you're making a bit too much money from the show and I'm not necessarily making as much as I think I should be. I'll, you yeah, I will just leave that. Oh, and, uh, and, do you, and do you know the dog agrees with me there? That's good. Oh, uh,
1: you, oh. I just muted my mic. All oh, so. right,
0: I, 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 I thought we might be having problems.
1: No, it's just because Gary's turn up. We'll crop this bit out. Okay. Go downstairs! Do you want to answer the door? Okay. i am muting you and... Um, eh, he probably hasn't checked it. No, he hasn't. He can wait outside. Okay. <clears throat> so um,
0: the next point I would say is make sure you play a smaller room. So, so again, this, this particular promoter wanted us to take from a, a smaller room that we'd sold out up to a much bigger room. Bigger the room, bigger the cost. Try and play a smaller room. As possible, try and sell it out. Um, and again, you get the kudos then, it, not necessarily of, of playing a, a, a big room and only half uh, selling it out. Play yeah. a smaller room, uh, sell it out, and you get the kudos of slapping a sold out sign mm. um, on all your uh, promotional JPEGs that you push through social media. So, so playing small rooms is great because you've got a better chance of selling it out and you generally will make uh, more in terms of profits the big one here could always be hire a room and promote the show yourself um i'm, I'm
1: amazed that bands don't do more of that it's almost like it, to me it's it would be the first thing i would think of um but then again I, i'm a bit of a bit like you a bit of a control freak
0: yeah i mean you can uh, certainly in the uk uh, music venues between 250 and 400 capacity you can get Good rooms with, you know, a, a sound engineer included for 125 to 250 quid. If you can do that and promote the show yourself, why wouldn't you do that? Yes, you know, it is a lot of work, hmm. but but chances are, if you're going to, if you even if you're working with a promoter, if you want loads of people through the door, you're going to have to do most of that work yourself yeah. anyway, because as we know, promoters are a, much of a muchness at times. So you, if you're doing all the work, you might as well take all the spiles. Yes, you know, th- there is a- additional risk involved as well. But, um, you know, no risk, no reward, I would Certainly. say. And maybe finally, only play, uh, you know, where you've got an audience. Ensure that you've got an audience in that particular area yeah. before you make the commitment of playing there. And obviously, uh, you know, as a band, we haven't been necessarily playing live or externally pushing and promoting ourselves. As much as we would do, but now we've got a new tour that's on sale, and we've got uh, uh, our first tour show. It's it's about four months or so away. But so I am now going to spend the next four months raising awareness to new people who haven't heard of us before, uh, rekindling relationships with people who know, you know, who already know of us, but maybe haven't uh, listened to uh, um, any of our music or watched any of our videos for a while. So I'm going to, you know, reignite. Uh, the relationship, or start a relationship with people in these areas where we're going to be touring, and then I'm going to be hitting them with the fact that we are touring in in that area. So we, you know, making sure that that we have built a fan base up there and have reignited and re-engaged with our existing fan base in that area, and you know, and that's the way to uh, to get bombs on seats. I would say. Mm-hmm. Also, as well, you know, if you're, um, you know, if you're uh, Put, putting on a show yourself. Again, try and find similar acts or bands in that particular region who you can maybe have on the bill. Maybe do a sort of a gig swap and try mm. and get their fan base you know, and uh, their friends interested, involved in your particular show. Virtual so smoozing, I would say. A little Buddy bit off.
1: of camaraderie at the end. Yes, it's not a
0: competition. We're all no. in this together, Greg. You'd so yeah, So, that. yeah. So, touring... And playing shows, you know, if, if you've got your marketing right, it, it should only be a profitable exercise. Um, try and have as much control uh, of your own sort of musical career as possible. Make sure that the promoters that you work with are transparent get them to send projected show costs rather than just getting an email at the end of it with an excel spreadsheet which basically said oh you you know you, you've earned about about 50 you know, you know there's 150 people through the door but you've earned you know, 10 quid it's like that's not right someone's making some money so so again the more you know about show promoting show costs the more work you can do yourself in you know in terms of promoting then you might as well promote the show yourself so I so keep it small keep it lean learn how um you know promotion get in, works get
1: involved more i mean ultimately i mean everything you're talking about is really what any business would be doing before they took a product to market yeah i mean it's the fact that so many people don't actually see this as i mean i appreciate it's a hobby and it's a passion but there needs to be an element of business sense otherwise it, it is you know the outcome is like we've discussed
0: yeah and, and and don't always think that moving up to the next level in your career is going to be the thing that that saves you it could actually be a curse so mm. you know so, so consider yourself to be a you know independent diy artist who's actually in charge of their career well, in charge you know in charge of their their you know of, their decisions and, and playing the shows that they want to play rather than just blindly going into things without looking at the costs and then walking away and then wonder why everyone else made money at the end of this. You know, the, the venue will have made money over the bar, the promoters made money from all their unscrupulous costs, perhaps, and you're just left to, to walk away and uh, with a with a pat on the head said, well, you had a nice time, didn't you?
1: The only thing I would say is that I mean, you are you are doing a gig later on in the year in Academy One, aren't you? Yes, Academy. two
0: two and a half uh, thousand capacity room. Only slightly nervous, he said. But so this... we we might we might do an episode or two specifically based around the perils of <laughs> of trying to promote a show in a very big room.
1: But you know, it's... I. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, this isn't a uh, this is experience stroke money making exercise more than purely a money making exercise.
0: Yes, we 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 are basically seeing if we can take it. We can force taking ourselves to the next level, and what would happen in terms of increased um, uh, attendance? Yeah. And, you know, whether increased money spent on promotion, because obviously we only spend as much as as we need to, you know, we, we don't splash the cash in terms of promotion. We are very targeted in, in terms of our advertising spend. It's a little bit on traditional print promo, everything else on Facebook ads. So we are trying different avenues simply because we've got to reach a wider pool
1: of yeah.
0: people. So that's going to, you know, the marketing costs for this show are going to be between two and but about two, 3000 pounds greg
1: right so
0: so no pressure no pressure no. there at all but you know again risk and reward yeah and it will all be fully transparent of course
1: well i wouldn't expect anything less no. with yourself
0: so so, uh, so yes so that's how not to lose money when touring or playing live shows, have you had any terrible experiences with promoters who seem to be walking away with wads of cash, whereas you're left with nothing but beer on the rider? Let us know. Getting <laughs> contact with, beneath. get in contact with the uh, with the uh, with the show via whatever means you deem suitable. Thanks very much for watching or listening to this particular episode. Hopefully, there'll be another in a week's time. All being well, fingers crossed. Yeah, and um, we're in the uh, we're in the UK, and, and the day of, uh, we're recording this, I think we might go out later and enjoy the brilliant, warm sunshine.
1: I'll have to take the dog out, so she'll get some exercise, and I'll get some sun too. So there you go. Thanks for watching, and we will see you soon. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye bye.